Welcome to Hoopers Unhailed, a Capital Flavor production in partnership with 265 Media. What up, what it is, what's poppin', it's your boy K-Dot, and I have another episode of Hoopers Unhailed coming right at you. I just landed in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm getting ready to travel to Lithonia, Georgia, to meet another Unhailed Hooper, as you all know as Cam Tatum, the former Tucker High School and University of Tennessee standout, is going to give us his story on how he came up and how he made his way to professional, and then how he was able to use all of that to create his new podcast. Coming right up, Hooper's Unhailed. Let's get it. What up? What it is? What's poppin'? It's your boy K-Dot, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Hooper's Unhailed. I have another very special guest with me. Um, He is a prominent figure and a a big, big component in Georgia hoops. So, ladies and gentlemen, to all our listeners out there, I would like to introduce you to Cam Tatum. Cam, what's going on tonight, man? What's going on, boss, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. You know, um, once again, I want to thank you for, you know, taking the time out to speak with me and tell you know, the listeners and everybody, you know, your story and how you came up and, and how um, how basketball has been very prominent and um, very much of a blessing in your life. So, you know, I definitely appreciate you, you know, taking time to talk with me tonight. Sure, man. I definitely appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So we're going to just jump right into it, man. Um, this is what I call humble beginnings. So um, if you don't mind telling the listeners, you know, where did you first find your love for basketball and going into that kind of give us, um, you know, kind of like your evolution of when you first loved the game until, you know, how you were able to take the game you love and become a professional. Um, Well, one of the main things I, I originally a lot of people might not know is that I originally started playing soccer. I was a soccer player growing up. Well, until I was about twelve. Um, mm-hmm. but, my, but my dad was um, a basketball coach. My dad played basketball. Um, my bro- my older brother played basketball. And uh, around, like in, in the Stone Mountain area, Stone Mountain and Lithonia is pretty much in the same area. But my dad had a big time rec league, and uh, you know, quite a few guys that I mean, pretty much all the East Side kids that that's from East Side that actually did something with hoops probably started out playing in this rec league. So mm, I really got a, got my name or people really just knew me as uh, Coach Bob's son. Um, 
I got an older brother that was from the east side too, and I was really just known as Little Brandon. My older brother's name is Brandon, so uh, mm-hmm. I was always around hoops. And me and my dad being having an AAU team, my dad having a his own rec league and stuff like that, it was just natural for me just to um, gravitate to hoops, gravitate to basketball. Um, you know, I can remember going to my brother's high school games and watching him and watching some of his other his teammates that were, you know, really good um, and putting on the show and, and getting the attention. And I kind of like that, um, especially, you know, from some something like a sport, like basketball. So um, that kind of initially grabbed my attention then. And, you know, being that my dad was a pretty good basketball player himself, I kind of had some natural God-given talents. And, you know, I was, you know, good at a young age, and I just kind of just carried that momentum on. That's what's up. That's what's up. So um, we're going to I, I want to kind of kind of jump into your high school career a little bit. Um, so, um, you know, Tucker High School, um, I, I see that that you had um, quite an illustrious career there. So kind of tell us about, you know, um, you know, how, how I was in high school and, you know, how you were able to, you know, evolve into the player that you became um and ultimately deciding um to to take your talents to knoxville um well we i was just talking about this in my podcast earlier today um what really um well i was i went to school i went to tucker high school tucker high school originally was in my in my district i was supposed to go to um you know Lithonia or mlk mm-hmm. but my dad um wanted me to get a better better education you know, better environment um, and stuff like that. So I ended up going to Tucker. Um, Tucker wasn't at the time known as a great basketball school. Um, we were mostly known as a football school. So um, when I got there, we were just kind of, we weren't really a great team. Uh, didn't really have any tradition like that. I think we had one state championship, but it was like early on, way before I got there. And um, so, um, I just really just uh, my coach, man, my, my high school coach was uh, a great motivational speaker. Like, Buddy made me feel like I was the best player in the nation when maybe at the time I wasn't the best player in the nation. But he gave me that confidence. I don't know. Like, I know a lot of guys can probably attest to this, especially after their colleges. It's like when you go to college, you would love to have your college coach almost like teach you how you was in high school or just give you the reins and stuff like that and just really believe in you like that. My, my high school coach believed in me like that. My high school coach really, really believed I was, a, I was a man. And ultimately, I started working and training myself to get to that level. So that way, it's like, okay, all, my coach can talk all this noise, but I got to be the one to back it up. And that was one of my, my motivations. Um was to I I gotta back up what these people actually feel about me. These people actually putting this trust into me. I feel you. <laughs> I got to I got to go. I got to make sure that I, you know where whoever they selling they selling me to. I got to make sure that I'm making them look good as well as myself. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that one. Um, you know, I, we can kind of relate there. Uh, my my high school coach was um, was somewhat similar. You know, um, he had a he had a kind of stoic way of motivating you 
mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, you know, when he was, you know, talking, you know, to, to the newspapers or, you know, just talking to, you know, kind of like any news outlet, you know, there was, there was no doubt that he was going to big you up and it was our jobs to, to back up what he was saying, um, by those news outlets. Um, so I, I, I see here that, you know, I mean, you, you weren't a slouch in high school. I mean, a two-time first-team All-State selection, right? You would name Class 4A Player of the Year, um, DeKalb County Player of the Year honors as both a junior and a senior. I mean, let's let's take a look at these numbers. I mean, average, you know, 23 points, eight rebounds as a senior, and you finished um, as Tucker's all-time leading scorer with more than 1,700 um, career points. So, I mean, that's not, you know, you know, that's nothing. I mean, that's a, that's an accomplishment. You know, I wish I could, I could have done that in high school, you know, but you know, that's quite an accomplishment. So kind of tell me what, what your, your mindset was in high school, you know, as far as, you know, being the talent that you were and kind of give us just kind of like a, a quick, um, idea of of how you know all of the schools and everything just started taking notice of 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 cam tatum well just to put it out there um i know i've talked to this one guy uh, who's a pretty well-known coach uh named daryl berry um and uh he also played at tucker played at georgia tech he's a big time uh, like i said division one coach he's been in the broadcasting and stuff like that too but it's it's a it's a little I don't want to say uh, argument, but it's a debate on who is the all, who is officially the all time leading scorer. And as between me and him, now he actually says it's him. Um, oh wow! Yeah, he actually says it's him. But the, but you know, as my high school coach has it, it's it's me. So um, we're actually trying to piece that and trying to figure all that out right now, um, and hopefully that we, we can. But Aside from that, um, like I said, my, my main thing was, you know, what, what fueled me to to be that was what these guys were, were projecting me to be. And then once I actually started putting in the work and I started to see, you know, my training and things like that start to be, you know, beneficial, I started being getting into the class with, you know, the other top players in the state of Georgia. And I'm playing in the AAUs with the Mikes Mercers and the Lou Williams and uh, the Avery Jukes of the world and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Landon Milburns, all those type of guys that were in my class. Um, I'm playing with these guys now and they're on with, the, with the Georgia Stars or the Atlanta Celtics, what have you. So now it's like, OK, now I'm here. Now I got to really show that I'm here and I belong and I'm, I'm going to be a fixture here to stay. And matter of fact, I'm going to show you that I'm better than this, a lot of these guys that's out here, even with them being the top players. So that was my motivation. Once I got a full, you know, kind of got some momentum, um, it was kind of like it was no no turning back. Um, so I just really, you know, always been a person of, you know, always saying, you know, hard work pays off. So I've always believed in, in being a gym rat, staying in the gym, working hard. So I always knew that whenever I came out to the court, I was going to be overly prepared. And uh, so, like I said, I just, you know, carried that momentum, uh, continue to try to get better. You know, I always try to strive for perfection. I know you're never going to reach perfection, but if you strive for it, 
then you're going to be the best person that you can be because you're striving to something that you probably most likely are never going to get. Nobody's perfect. Uh, uncles, you know, nieces, cousins, all that type of stuff. Um, so that was one thing. You know, my dad went to Knoxville College, the historically black college there, and he played ball there. Okay. So it's like I got a few, like, unofficial family members in Knoxville, too, because, you know, my dad is originally from Tuskegee, so when I got there, they were calling me Little Skeegee. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, I even, like, it, was, it used to be funny, man. Some of the, every year, you know, you know, we used to have uh, the little autograph sessions where, you know, you have to sit down and sign 12,000 autographs. <laughs> right. And it used to be like a little running joke of the team that every time that uh, we had it, these little sessions, somebody was coming up to me that was my family member. So by the time the line would get to me, they're like, hey, Ken, you got another one. You got another one coming down saying that's your family member. But uh, I knew a lot of those people was just, you know, probably classmates with my dad or, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that, maybe some former teammates and shit like that. So um, it was all good, man. It was always love. So even from my visit, you know, Coach Pearl being the charismatic guy that he is, is being able to sell a program. Um, Chris Lofton being there, Chris Lofton was uh, Chris Lofton was 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 on fire at that point in time. I, I was coming in while they were recruiting, so he's really like hot right now. And Coach Pearl's is hot, and Tennessee actually looks good. So I'm like, man, I can go here and do the same thing that I did in high school. Here's a here's a University, who you know, pretty much known as a football school, but then right, right. to basketball. I said, I know what I just did at, at Tucker. Man, I'm gonna do this on a national schedule at a school like the University of Tennessee. Um, got to the campus. The campus was was cool. The players, everybody was like was like family there. So felt like home. So. I see that, um, you know, your freshman year, uh, you redshirted, um, but I, I do understand because, you know, I was a walk-on at Clemson, and I know, you know, with redshirts, you know, you're allowed to, you know, practice with the team um, and, and, you know, and just being being in a presence, you know, with the team so that you can understand kind of like, you know, different schemes, the playbook and, and all of that good stuff. So can you tell me how, um, you know, how that first year actually helped you um, going to your, your second year um, actually playing under Bruce Pearl? Um, I mean, it helped me to a certain extent because, you know, I just, it was a college game. It was a totally different game. Right. And, um, you know, also, I, I forgot to mention that originally I was committed to UNC Charlotte. Oh, wow. I was supposed to go to UNC Charlotte, um, and it was supposed to be me and Mike Beasley going there. I don't know. If- Whoa. Yeah. That's, that's something. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, a little, and, and the crazy, like, a lot of people really didn't know that or remember that me and Beasley had played uh, in a high school game. And up in uh, the North, up in prep school, uh-huh. the, the Notre Dame game. As a matter of fact, I just found that game today uh, in my um, in my uh, in my storage. And so I was like, I'm gonna watch that game today. Um, it was the Hall of Fame game up there in Massachusetts. But anyway, the head, the assistant coach was named Delonte Hill. 
He's kind of he's been assistant coach at Maryland, Kansas State, um, but he was at UNC Charlotte. That's where he kind of like first started. He helped out a lot with the with the DC Assault AAU program. So he, I remember one game. I think UNC Charlotte was kind of looking at me, and we played DC Assault. Mike Beasley, Austin Freeman, Nolan Smith, Chris Wright, uh, Julian Vaughn, all those guys on the team. And we aren't that good as the Georgia Stars AAU team that year, so we don't even make it to Peach Jam. So we get invited to this local Adidas tournament in Atlanta at Swanee. And I think, like, you know, at that point in time, it was like it was a Nike team playing Adidas. That means they ain't having too too great of a year. But we go in and we play Beasley's team, like, the first night, and I dropped 30, like 32, in front of Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, I'm talking about everybody's there. It's Mike Beasley. They're there to see Mike Beasley. So every major college coach in the country is there. And I dropped 30, and we upset them, and we win. So at that point in time, Beasley coming to me after the game was like, hey, you supposed to be going to Charlotte too, huh? I'm like, yeah, man. You know, he's like, well, yeah, I think I'm about to go ahead and make that commitment. I think we're going to be good together. Like, All right, bet. The guy, Delonte, kind of like has been in Beasley's life pretty much his, you know, his whole life. Right, right. So – um, he was already at Kansas State, I mean, at uh, Charlotte. I committed, Beasley committed. Uh, he had a guy named Anwan Wilderness who went to prep school with me. He was from Dunwoody, Georgia. Uh, we had a couple other guys. We had, if, if Beasley and that coach would, if that coach would have stayed at UNC Charlotte, I think a lot of other recruits would have came along with me and Beasley. But that coach, right before the season, he ended up going to Kansas State, you know, taking the job at Kansas State with Frank Martin. So you ever notice why all them players all of a sudden started going to Kansas State? Wow. There's your okay. Time. I got – yeah. Yeah. So that makes I, sense now. I was easily supposed to be in that class to go to Kansas State too. He said, hey, man, do you want to come with me? And I was like, I don't really want to go to Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> like, uh, nah, I'm straight. And so that's when I was going to prep school already, and I reopened my recruitment. Tennessee, I, like I said, I had already had a crazy summer dropping 30 against, you know, all, all the for all the coaches. Then when I get to prep school, we're the number two or number three prep school in the country. Um and I'm number six, number six press group player in the country out of the top 20. So Tennessee starts coming knocking. We play Oak Hill in a, in a scrimmage game, play well. We beat them. They had Brandon Jennings on that team, Trey Tompkins, Alex Legion. Um, God, Nolan Smith was on that team. They had a bunch of players. And, uh, and then after that, my recruitment just went crazy. And then I just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to Tennessee. I'm just going to stay here in Tennessee. Um, so I forgot what the whole back question was. I got backtracked as the whole reason <laughs> I even went there. <laughs> nah, it's all good. It's all good. But, um, no, I, I just wanted to kind of um, just kind of just briefly talk about, you know, how, how Bruce Pearl – was as a coach to you and I mean Tennessee I mean I I used to watch Tennessee a lot um when you were there because you guys had a squad you know what I'm saying and 
I, I really, I really enjoy, you know, watching a Bruce Pearl um, coach team, you know, especially in, in that era where, um, you know, you guys in Memphis were always going at it. Um, I mean, it, it used to be a time in the SEC. I mean, we're, we're talking about um, a time where, you know, I know um, Kentucky was, was starting to come up with, with Cal um, getting there, I believe, in, in 2010 or 2011, um, with, you know, with that first uh, recruiting class that he had with John Wall. So, you know, those battles were crazy. crazy. So kind of so kind of tell us about those SEC battles, because, I mean, you you competed in a conference, you know, that even though I was in the ACC, you know, I, you know, I loved watching the SEC um, hoop and, um, you know, I, I saw the battles with, with, with you guys versus Devin Downey and Sam Frederick, you know, at South Carolina, um, you know, I mean, you, you guys used to have just battles. So just, I don't, just, I don't think the SEC gets enough credit, man. Like I, I agree. Like a great football conference that we don't get enough credit. I mean, do you remember guys like Marcus Thornton from LSU? Yeah, like Marcus Thornton, um, Magnum Mitchell, Magnum Roll, Magnum yep. Roll. Thomas, <laughs> Thomas came out of there. Big Baby Davis came out of there. Like, you yeah, know, Mitchell at one point in time was the number one player in the country. Facts. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't act like Bradley Beal didn't come out of Florida. Exactly. Don't act. You know what I'm saying? Al Horford comes from Florida. Um. 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 Um, geez, man, like, like yeah. you said, Kentucky's obviously the Devin Downey's from, you know, it's just like, it, it's always been, SEC has always been, to me, a really good basketball conference. And every year we always had to worry about playing some type of top-notch person who was about to go to the league, I felt like, every year. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, I had a lot of fun in the SEC playing in it. I think that, um, you know, your answer your question about Coach Pearl, you know, it was fun playing with Coach Pearl because um, he lets you be you. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, sometimes, you know, people can say that's a good thing and a bad thing, you know, because at the end of the day, you're still going to have to, you know, have some self-control. So I, I liked what he did and just allowed, allowed us to grow up and allowed us to be young men. Um, and you have to, you know, have some self-control and figure this thing out on your own because ain't nobody going to be able to hold your hand for you all the time. He was definitely a player's coach, um, you know, and stuff like that. He, he know how to win. I mean, obviously, he, you know, took that hit after he, you know, got fired from Tennessee and came right, came to Auburn, and nobody wants to go to Auburn. <laughs> and look what he did, man. He take the man to the, to, the, to, the, to the championship. So, and, all, and now he's getting top recruits over and over and over again. So, I mean, the guy just, he has it. He just got the it factor, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, just, just moving right along into the story. I mean, from, from, um, please correct me. Um, you know, I understand that of course, I, I know you from, from playing with the Memphis Grizzlies. So kind of tell us about kind of like your, your pro, um, your NBA journey, you know, coming in after Tennessee, um, because I remember you playing in those summer league games. Um, so kind of tell us about, you know, you know, how Memphis was and, and just going into your professional career um, and tell us a little bit about that. 
I learned a lot in that Memphis thing, man. I learned a lot about politics. Mm. I learned about, you know, really it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And that's just the way of the world, period. That ain't got nothing to do, you know, it's basketball, but it's, just, it's in everything. Um, you know, it, it was a fun experience, man. We got to spend two weeks in Vegas, which is like, feels like two months. Um, we did two weeks in Vegas because we had the uh, mini camp and then we had, uh, you know, had the summer league there. And, uh, but I was also in Memphis for like, two weeks already prior to just because I'm went to the university of Tennessee and I already had, you know, homies and stuff like that down to Memphis. So once I got the call to go play summer league, it was like, all right, I'm just going to stay down here and chill. Um, man, the, the love, the fans, was, it was all love. Like they were all rooting for me to, you know, to, to stick. Um, but that year they had drafted Tony Roden. Um, um, Jeremy Pargo was there. And Josh Shelby. And if you remember that summer league, Josh Shelby was averaging like 30. He was going absolutely bonkers. Nuts. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I remember. That summer league. So it's just like, you know, at what point in time am I going to get my opportunity? And then they brought in the kid, this guy named Matt Janney. Mm-hmm. He had already been in like Euro League and had played a couple of stints with some league teams already. So um, I was like, okay, where am I going to get my, my shot at? Where am I going to get my opportunity to really play? And I just really didn't. I didn't really get a really full, you know, good opportunity. So um, that then turned for me to go to the D League. Um, mm-hmm. in the, I don't even remember, around the second round maybe of the D League to the Bakersfield Jam. And uh, so I moved out to California, played out there. At that time with that team, we had – what four or five affiliates um the hawks the suns the raptors the clippers and the i want to say the jazz too mm-hmm. so you know at one point in time we was having like two players from each team coming down like i remember one time we had a crazy team we had like kendall marshall uh uh Oh gosh, I can't remember that team that they had, man. I don't, gosh, it's Kendall Marshall, Quincy Acy, uh, I think Dennis Schroeder, Drew, uh, 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 Bledsoe came down. Wow, <laughs> they would send the people down left and right. It was kind of like the D League players. It's just like, well, we ain't never gonna play in front of these guys. So it is what it is. So that the, the politics, man, that's just kind of saw. It's just like, you know what? It ain't going to go too well for me, man. I'm just going to go ahead and take it across the water. <laughs> so speaking of going across the water, I, I like to call this segment Ill Hoop Stories. So I kind of understand the overseas uh, market just a little bit, um, even though I've never played overseas. Um, my highest level of basketball is D1, um, a D1 walk-on, right? So um I, I do understand that, you know, it, it gets kind of crazy overseas. So can you kind of walk us through one of your, your illest stories that you have, you know, from your from your time playing overseas? Or even if you have a, 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 a ill story, you know, from your time, you know, even in the league, um, something that that was like, oh, snap, like this is mad. Wow. I, I, I don't I don't think. In my wildest dreams, I, I I could have experienced this. So, can you tell us um, one of one of those crazy stories? 
does that have to be a good story or a bad story? Listen, listen. It it's what it's whatever man, you craziest. <laughs> one of the I give, I give you one of the craziest stories, man. One of the craziest stories. I'm in Brazil. And uh I'm in I'm in my I'm in my flat. And I, it's like two, three o'clock in the morning. And I just hear boom, boom. I'm like, bro, what the heck is that? <laughs> Next thing I know, I just hear automatic automatics going off. I'm like, oh shit. So I don't know if people know too much about the Brazilians or like the uh the um the, the, the culture down there or how it is or if you ever watched movies like uh what's the movie with the with Lil Lil Zay Picano? Um 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 City of God. Oh <laughs> listen, I've played in Tabaha Tijuca. I've played I, or ten minutes away from there. That's where the Olympic Stadium is at where they had the Olympics at in Brazil. Gotcha. It's like, it's like ten minutes from there and all our that's why my first team was in Rio de Janeiro. So we were, like I said, we used to play our games there at the at the uh, at the uh, Olympic Stadium. So anyway, so I hear I hear this and I see a few like mad. I hear a few mad men. So I was getting a phone call. I hear a few mad men outside. They're you know shooting their guns, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a hostile takeover. Like the people from the favelas are coming to take over. And I was like, oh, my God, and I'm caught in a crossfire because it's a one-way street. And uh, so I'm like, dang, man, like these people. And I got it on video. Like you can see like the uh, people like on the one-way street backing up and going back up the one-way. Wow. So I go downstairs and mind you, doing all this, it takes the cops like a whole 20 minutes to get there. Right. So... I go downstairs and I go and I see the cops finally down there and the, the, the doorman, the concierge, he doesn't really speak English. He just sees me standing outside. He's just like, hey, man, he's like, you know, what's the signal for me to come on back? He's like, it ain't safe for you out here, and especially you Americano. So I was like, All right, I go back upstairs. And I was like, I call my dad and I'm like, hey, man, get, I'm about to get a flight. I'm about to come home. I can't do this. Like. Man, ain't no telling what could have happened. These dudes could have ran to my building across the street, held it, held it down. Like, this is too much. So I go to practice the next. So I go to practice the next day, and I have to walk past the bank that these people blew up. <laughs> Hold on. Whoa, you can't just casually say I had to walk by the bank. These people blew up. Like seriously. <laughs> that was the big boom. The two big booms that I heard. They blew up the bank and they took two teller machines. Wow. So I had to walk by I have to walk literally I have to walk by this bank every day to go to practice. Every day. There's no way that I don't walk by this bank to go to practice. So I've seen the aftermath of it. It's a big hole in it. And, you know, obviously there's cameras out there and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, what am I? Like, this is, I just want to play basketball. I don't want to live 
this life like this, bro. Like, this ain't it. So I go to practice, and I'm late to practice. And I'm like, and when I'm late, because mind you also, my teammates have already seen my Instagram. And they've seen what I posted. I said I'm about to leave. And when I walk in, they're just laughing at me. They're just like, hey, man, did anybody die? I'm like, nah. They're like, oh, well, okay, man, it's no problem. Like, we could... Like, man, they, people do this all the time. As I said, how long did it take the cops to get there? I said, a long time. They're like, ah, the cops probably had something to do with it, man. Don't worry about it. Nobody died. It's okay. I said, but they were shooting at people. They was like, yeah, that was just to scare them. I said, wow. All right, bro. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is one ill hoop story. Like, that's crazy. Crazy, dog. Oh, my goodness. So, I so basically, man, I, <laughs> I was just getting ready to ask you that. I was like, I, you you just called your pops and said, listen, I'm, I'm coming home. But, it, okay, you finished the year. You finished the year off. <laughs> That's uh, like one of my last, I mean, this was prime. This is like three years ago. Wow. <laughs> that is, oh, yeah, that, that is, that is a crazy story. That is a crazy story. So, so. I I just want to know um just just one more thing before we before we move forward. So as far as you know your the overseas um the overseas life besides that story you know how do you how do you look at the overseas life you know playing pro compared to um, the the D League or or now the G League life, you know how how would you kind of like compare and contrast the two? The D League life to the overseas life. Yeah, I mean the D League. I mean everybody in the G League is 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 trying to get to the same spot. They're trying mm-hmm. to get to the NBA. You know the organizations, people, everything in the about it is trying to get there. So they're gonna handle and do everything. Exactly like it because they're training and preparing themselves. You know, overseas they don't really they want to be like the NBA, but to a certain extent they still want to be like their own. Mm-hmm. And they just don't they just don't do business and it's just different, man. It's just the business side of things, and it's real like they don't have the actual like sports medicine or the sports technology. There's, there's some teams that do, and there's some teams over there that's getting better, but not all teams. It's like all teams in the NBA has, you know, have way better sports management, and you know, you get hurt better, you know, things to get help you get recovered, you know, better stuff like that. It's, it's not as it's not as good overseas. Mm-hmm. Because I was just I was just a little curious about that. Um, I mean, every every guy has you know has like a hoop dream, but people don't understand how hard it is to be you know, one of, you know, 4,500 um, plus players that actually made it to the league and played in the league. So, you know, they've had to find, you know, other avenues, you know, um, to be professional. Um, so I, I was just kind of curious, um, you know, to to your experiences. And, you know, you, you gave great perspective, um, you know, between how, you know, it is, you know, playing, you know, for the for the G League and, you know, playing overseas. So, you know, I appreciate you giving that perspective. Um, so um, 
one last thing before we before we head out. Um, I know that you're, you know, in, you know, in the podcasting game now. So can you tell us, um, you know, a little bit about your podcast and, you know, how you were able to come up with the concept, you know, because the 94 feet podcast is going to be something that's like real dope. Um, And, you know, I'm, you know, so can you tell us a little bit how, how that came about and how you were able to, you know, get that idea off the ground? Um, well, I, I got my minor in communications mm-hmm. when I was in school. So, you know, I kind of always, I got that always knowing that I wanted to, you know, maybe want to do broadcasting, sports broadcasting. So I always said if I wasn't playing no more, I wanted to be somewhat within the game, whether it be coaching, broadcasting, X, Y, Z. So, um, you know, once I finally finished, I reached that point, like, all right, what's next? You know, what what am I going to do that's going to satisfy me the way that basketball did? And, um, you know, I was doing a few other things, you know, with training, skill development and stuff like that. But then I was like, all right, you know, podcasts are a thing now. You know, we're in the COVID world. You know, a lot more people are home now and they're listening to the podcast. Um, so what's the lane that I can attack? And it's basketball. You know, what, what, what? You know, Lane specifically, you know, Georgia basketball. I think Georgia, especially here in Georgia, I think a lot of people or Georgia doesn't get its flowers it deserves for for putting out top talent throughout the course of the years. Um, We put out a lot of people, whether they're in the league or whether they're overseas, that made some type of um, impact on the game and you know their names. So um, I just kind of wanted to shed light on that. And it's not just the players, uh, agents, AU coaches, uh, women as well. Um, so we're going to tackle, tackle a, a, wide, a wide range of, of, of players and, and, like I said, coaches. You know, even my, my, one of my close, uh, I guess, OGs, if you want to call him, I used to call him my uncle, is Tony Green. Uh, one of the big, biggest big-time referees in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, been knowing him since I was eight years old, nine years old. And uh, he, uh, you know, does the, the, the not Final Four and National Championship games and stuff like that. So, um, you know, get him on the show, get get a perspective on what he sees about the game of basketball and stuff like that. So, I'm excited about it. Um, I got one of my my childhood friends, a guy who was a OG to me in high school. You know, when he was a senior, I was a freshman, and kind of took me under his wing. So he's going to be my co-host. Uh, he's very very knowledgeable about the game, um, about past, present, and future. So I'm excited. And he got a great personality as well. So I'm excited about uh, having him on there. And I think, like I said, I have some great guests and some great content for people. That's what's up, man. And, you know, I I do enjoy um, when I'm able to join, you know, your clubhouse um, rooms because, you know, it's a lot of a lot of perspective, you know, a lot of great basketball talk. Um, and, you know, like I said, I can't wait to, to listen to more of your content. Um, so, you know, I, I really want to thank you for, you know, just coming through and chopping it up with me. Um, so, 
you know, for all the listeners out there, you know, if you don't mind, um, you know, go ahead and plug everything um, that you have going on, you know, from your socials um, to, to what you have going on in the podcast, give them kind of like a preview of, of what's to come, you know, so that, you know, they can be prepared because I mean, like I said, you know, the content is there and it's great content. Um, and y'all really should, should t- check out his rooms when, when he, um, when he opens his rooms. I mean, so much, so much great content and great commentary behind it. I mean, you gotta, you gotta check it out. So go ahead and plug your stuff, my man. Man, definitely appreciate it, man. Definitely again, appreciate you having me on your show. Um, this is a great show, man. I definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, um, well, you can you can find uh, um, for my podcast. You can uh, find it at uh, the ninety the ninety four feet podcast. Um, if you want, you can look it up under uh, underscore ninety four. That's the number nine four feet f e e t underscore. Um, you can also you know look up my personal page is at uh, two killer underscore cam. That's the number two k i l l a underscore c a m. And then I also have, if, uh, if anybody is in the um, Georgia area listening, um, I do skill development. You, know, you can also reach me at T A T U M E S T underscore the number eight eight. It's Tatum Elite Skills Training. Um, I do skills training from the ages of ten and up. I do you know pros as well. Um, so um, I got a lot. I got quite a few things going. It's just trying to apply as much pressure as I can, stay busy, um, and just we'll try to give back, you know, to give back to the game and give back to people, give back to the youth and to to, to give back, like I said, to, to so many people that helped me. So uh, I want to be able to just to pay it forward. And um, like I said, just like I said, pay it forward. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this has been Hooper's Unhailed. Once again, I am your host, Kevin, better known in this media world as KDOT. And as I say every week, peace and love to everybody out there. I want to thank my guy, Cam Tatum, for having, uh, for giving his time and his space. I really appreciate it, my brother. And until next time, I'll holla at you. Yes, sir. Georgia. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another unhailed hoop. Georgia. Another story told. I would like to thank Georgia. Cam for his time and his storytelling Georgia. tonight, as everything was a complete success. Georgia. Well, I'm on another flight. So, in the meantime, this is K Dot signing off. Georgia. Wishing you peace and love to everybody out there. Georgia.